Mikey. And I'm Rob Coffin. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 48? Sure. Maybe? Yeah. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's 48. We didn't look. Whatever. That's close enough. Yeah, so tonight we're going to be talking about Blackest Night Flash, number one through three, finally. And the question 37, the uh, the last of the resurrected titles that have Blackest Night things happening. Hooray! First, Jim's going to talk about some stuff. Ah, uh, yes. The first thing that we have to talk about is our sponsor, Aroba Silver. You can find them at arobasilver.com. They have all sorts of different silver jewelry. The thing that we like the best here is the rings, though. They have all sorts of different Green Lantern rings, different styles, Hal Jordan styles, Kyle Rayner styles, even an Alan Scott ring. They have black silver rings that are, like, absolutely insanely awesome looking. Definitely worth checking out, arobasilver.com. If you type in the code DSC10... You get a 10% discount, so save some money there. Rob, you you have a ring on right now? Yes, I'm actually wearing my Aroba Silver question ring. It's uh, awesome. It's just a nice silver band and a big black background on the front with a silver question mark on it. It's great. Very happy with the product. I still say it should have been like a little hat. Wait, what? (laughs) Just a little question, you know, the question's hat, just a little hat on the band, on your fingers, so your finger's wearing a hat, like, the oh, question. I thought you meant, like, an actual silver hat. <laughs> that would be, that would be terrible for your neck, no, don't do that. Oh, God. Okay. You, you've never talked to me about this before, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Whatever. Oh. Uh, yeah. com. check it out. <laughs> yeah. So, Rob is here for two reasons. One... He's a huge question guy, and two, I see him, like, every day in real life, so this was really easy to set up. <laughs> so, uh, Rob, you want to you wanna take us through the question number 37? Okay. Um, before I do that, I'd like to mention, before I forget, that uh, a cool little detail Greg Rucker threw in, I think, on purpose, in um, Detective Comics, issue 861, in the question second feature... Uh, this issue came out, uh, right before the Blackest Night question tie-in. Uh, the question, a huntress had to make a deal with a hitman, and, uh, at the end, Tot, the old man that's featured in, uh, the question tie-in, he said that if, uh, Charlie was here, he'd be ashamed of you. And I just thought that was cool, because then the next thing that comes out with the question in it is Charlie coming back, and how ashamed of him he is. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, so I thought that was a nice nod that Greg Rucker threw in. Okay, so the question Blackest Night tie-in opens up with the line, um, Charles Victor Zaz of Earth, and then they run through his background. Uh, That's Vic Sage. It's the same guy, the original question. It's all about how he grew up in an orphanage, got beat up, and, uh, you know, how he died once. (laughs) All that good stuff. How he was training to become the question. Then how he found Renee Montoya. Then they cut to uh, Renee... And Tot in their cabin where they live, you know, and uh, Tot called in Lady Shiva as kind of like support. Uh, Lady Shiva wants to test out Renee, see how good she does martial arts wise compared to Vic. Vic Sage's body grows from a hair sample that Tot had saved from Vic Sage's old hat. And um, Vic Sage goes outside 
starts taking on uh, Renee and Lady Shiva. A cool thing that I found out that I noticed uh, was that he never makes a construct. He never fights with the ring. He just he just uses his hands and he just martial arts, which was kind of cool. Then Tot realizes this is his opportunity to become like the world's greatest scientist and talk to a dead guy, and which is completely out of character for him. <laughs> so Lady Shiva says, you know those things that everyone has at all times, emotions? That's all they can see. So if you just get rid of them, which is apparently <laughs> really easy, he won't be able to see you. So that's what they do. And he goes away, and that's it. Well, then, then Renee puts on her costume and chases after him, and that's the end. <laughs> I thought that was a really bad synopsis, but I've never done that before. Would anyone like to add anything to it? Oh, that was perfect. <laughs> that, was, that was good. That was it. Um, so, so Rob, you love this? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, uh, no. I, I hated this. <laughs> I've read it like three or four times at this point, hoping I'd like it more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I read it again today because uh, I knew I'd be talking about it, and oh, it was just awful. There were good points, but no. You know what's even better? What? Tell everybody how many copies you own. I only own two. <laughs> <laughs> I own two copies. I, I thought I owned three, but I only own two. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I wanted to support Greg Rucker because he's awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, that much is true. Yeah, I went into this thinking, you know, it's Greg Rucka writing the question, how can it miss? <laughs> and and then Rob Rob comes around and tells me this was so goddamn awful. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking like, oh, oh, damn it. Oh, well, I, I actually read for the first time this morning because I was just putting it off. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to say, it's like for the first half or so of the book, I w- didn't have that much of a problem with it. Like, yeah, it wasn't until right when they when they show the whole s- the scene where Tot shoots Lady Shiva, and <laughs> and then he turns he's all orange. Like after that page, <laughs> it just took a left turn and just just went into crazy land. I don't know what's. <laughs> yeah, you you don't even have to read the original question series to realize that this guy wouldn't do that. <laughs> Just enough, just in this issue, you would know that that's not his character. They don't, they don't really talk that much about Tot, though. I mean, like, I wasn't even sure who it was at the beginning. So I like, I, as far as I was concerned, it was like here you have, you know, uh, Montoya hanging out with some scientist dude who wanted, you know, who was just obsessed with knowing about, you know, what happens after you die. Yeah. Right. I guess you can get that impression. I guess because I'm looking at this because I have a lot of background on these characters. Yeah, yeah. That made me really pissed off. <laughs> Did you guys pick up on the um, the art mistake? On I'm not sure that what page it is. Right after the splash page with Vic Sage comes out, um, Renee is covered uh, colored as compassion, but she's blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everything behind her is green. <laughs> yeah. 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 I do like that splash page though. Yeah, I, I love the art in this. I thought it was great. How did uh, how did Lady Shiva know that uh, it was the emotions that he could see, and he couldn't see anything other than that? She's a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's basically it. 
That's like asking how did she turn her emotions off. <laughs> you know, I can believe that easier than I can believe that all of a sudden they just realize, oh, you know what? We t- they can only see emotions. Like, I just realized this. No, you know what I had a bigger problem with? All right, Black Lantern Vic, he's he's trying to kill everybody, okay? Lady Shiva's over there. She just disappears. So he's like, what the hell, where'd she go? And Renee does the same. He's like, all right, where the hell did she go? When Tot does it, his hand is physically around Tot's neck. <laughs> Whether or not you can see him... You still know exactly where he is. You should. You don't just let go and say, "Oh crap, he disappeared," and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You were right before, Dan. Like the first half of this issue is really good. Like when they're going over like all of the stuff that happened to him, like when he died and stuff. I like when um, his uh, they're showing his life and stuff. When they're talking about Myra and the whole scene is Violet for love. Yeah. And when Renee is dragging him up the mountain, it's all violet. That's cool. Did you? Because you're going back and you're reading the um, um, the Trade? old. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of the writer's name. Danny O'Neill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny um, O'Neill. Um, like when they got to the panel of like, oh yeah, and he died that time. I'm like, what? Like, do, have yeah. you got, have you gotten to that point in the series? That's the first issue. Really? He dies in the first issue. <laughs> well, oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that panel where it says like uh until the night you died the first time, that's pretty close to what happened. Yeah, that's like a panel from the first issue. Wow. Cuz uh Lady Shiva, like the panel above that, Lady Shiva kicked his ass. <laughs> then they took a really small gun, shot him in the head and tossed him in the river. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, did did he actually die? Die or was no. it like, oh, he's near death, and then we revived him? Yeah, he, he was near death, and they revived him <laughs> because of his mask and because the bullet was so small, it like lodged in the mask, went around his face, and came out the back. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell thick is his mask? He's got like a sock over his face, and it stopped the bullet. Oh my god. Now, was he actually buried in Nanda Parbat? In I think he was in 52, wasn't he? I think so. Because that would make sense why his body, you know, it wasn't his body that was revived. Oh, that's right, because, like, the whole, the Phantom Stranger issue showed, like, the rings have weirdness with Nanda Parbat, yeah. so. Yeah, how about, how about that? How about the method of his arrival? <laughs> <laughs> Tot just happens to have a black ring for some reason. And he puts it, like, in an envelope in <laughs> no. a dish with some hair just to see what happens. No, no, that's not what happened. Yeah, no. Like, really? do you have the issue in front of you? Yes. Okay, well, Tot, like, he's talking to Renee saying, like, um, if it's possible that Vic Sage comes back, we could ask him for all these questions, and he's taking the hair out of his old hat. Yes. So he just has the hair. Yeah. And then... um on a couple pages later, they hear, like, a clicking on the window, and then he looks down, and the ring fell in there. So the ring found the hair somehow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought, like... But, uh, but wait, then. Because is the dish that the... I'm looking at the page now where the ring just, like, does this weird thing. Is the dish that the ring is in the same dish that that taped-up hair is supposed to be in? Yes, it's just... It, yeah, it's drawn poorly. It just disappeared completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. It... 
the paper and the tape and the hair became the black ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the ring ate that stuff, and the plate turned into a bowl. <laughs> See, he's saying fascinating. We have no idea the powers of these black rings yet. <laughs> <laughs> they could turn plates into bowls and eat up and envelopes. They don't picture- even need tissue anymore. They just make bodies now. <laughs> just picturing, like, throw a black ring in a barber shop. It just cleans up all the hair off the floor. <laughs> Yeah, and on the next page, it turns back into a plate again, and then Vic Sage <laughs> is created, and he walks right past Tot. Man. I really did like the the dialogue in here about, like, you know, what was more important, asking questions to get answers, or learning what the better questions to ask are. Yeah, was it the fact of asking questions, or was the answer more important? Mm, that was interesting. I have to say, I mean, like, I'll be perfectly honest, like... I I enjoyed the question in 52, but from this recap that they give of his life, it definitely did not make me want to go out and, you know, read more question. What about the rest of the issue? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rest of the issue makes me want to tot ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> and even though, like, his motivation at first seemed kind of cool to me. It's like, okay, you're a scientist... And you you have the opportunity to, like, ask someone who would know questions about the mysteries of life and death. So, like, okay, that that I kind of liked. Until the, he started, like, just firing bullets into the night and, like, <laughs> promising souls to zombies. And... Yeah. What else was Lady Shiva in? Because I've only read her in the question. She's been around. She's, mm, excuse me, she's, like, she's, like, one of those, the, like, top, three or something martial arts people in dc she's just whenever you need somebody to kick somebody's ass they write in lady shiva (laughs) yeah it's like we need someone to kill this new guy let's get lady shiva did she what she wasn't one of the ones that trained batman was she i feel like she was involved with batman somehow i have no idea i like that when lady shiva comes walks in that's I have come to fight someone, and I would like to get started. (laughs) She doesn't say hi to anyone. That's what she says. (laughs) And Ace is like, I gotta go outside and get beat up now, (laughs) Professor. She's like, I'm very tired. Can we please go fight now? I'd like to eat eat after. Yes, afterwards I'd like a little snack. (laughs) Rob, can you tell, like, where, where is this? Like, I assume Renee's headquarters is a lighthouse... So, yeah, like where, where, like where in the world are they? I don't know. <laughs> They're <laughs> this, just in a lighthouse. <laughs> this had like uh, this had a very like almost like frozen tundra kind of look to it. No, I I just know it's on a beach somewhere. They probably said it in the Five Books of Blood, but I forget. Yeah, I honestly don't remember. It's know it's where Tot lives. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting base of operations. Like you gotta like drive 30 minutes just to get to the nearest city to actually do any questioning. That's awesome. That's why they just shine the big light out when they see something interesting. They're like, oh, all right, let's go. She can't fly or anything. She should really get a closer base. <laughs> now, uh, Renee Montoya, she, uh, does she have blonde hair? No, she has brunette hair. Why? Because on the cover, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> I would definitely say that that's blonde hair. <laughs> the smoke does that, yeah. doesn't it? No, it makes her hair like black, doesn't it? I don't think so. The, yeah, like, it does. <laughs> isn't isn't her hair supposed to be brown or black 
naturally? Um, hold on, because on the last page, she does the smoke, and... Oh, you can't see her hair. Hold on, I got the Detective Comics right here. Because I think that's something that happened with, um, with Vic, too. Like, he has, like, this gas that... Oh, yeah, you're right, the smoke turns her hair blonde. That's weird. That's not... That's not, like, subtle or sleuthy. <laughs> <laughs> that just makes you stand out. <laughs> it's like, who's, what's with the bleach blonde chick over there with no face? What's going on? Oh. She's trying to hide? <laughs> I can clearly see her hair. Yeah, but it does, like, like that smoke is, like, a little... I mean, cause, cause, okay, it, it changes her hair color. It, like, changes the color of the, cl- the coat and hat she's wearing and fixes the mask to her face. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, but that's because of um, a special dye that Tot invented. Oh, well then. Yeah. <laughs> Magic. Showed you. <laughs> Magic spray. Oh, boy. Again, it was the 80s. <laughs> What's their excuse now? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Rob, this better or worse than the Detective Comics backup? <laughs> oh, worse. <laughs> Definitely worse. Because, like, the Detective Comics backup, I have faith that if you read it and trade, it's going to be good. (laughs) Like, they only get ten pages to work with. You can't really blame them. This, uh, it's just shameful. And I'm not blaming Rucker, because Denny O'Neill was the main writer on this. Didn't he write the, all the trades that you're loving, too? (laughs) Yes, but, you know, he, he, you, you work... Yeah, but that was a different time. <laughs> this is this is like if you take chocolate and peanut butter and put them together and get poison. <laughs> I'm just saying, like maybe he's past his prime. <laughs> the Vic Sage one he did was amazing, but this this is not good. Zombies aren't his thing. <laughs> I wonder how much Rucka is responsible for and how much O'Neill is responsible for. I'm hoping Rucka did the first half. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, Danny came in and he's like, I got a great way to finish this. Oh, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> but actually, you know, since uh, Danny O'Neill did, like, all of the stuff they're recapping, <laughs> Rucka probably did the bad half. Uh-oh. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, but um, Rucka is actually going to be doing a question series, kind of. Kind of? Yeah. Because uh, he's getting a Batwoman series, and um, since Detective Comics has a, be- a question backup, it's going to then become a question series, and it's going to switch back and forth between Batwoman as the main star and the question as the main character. And this will be like whenever, I guess, Bruce Wayne comes back to Detective Comics kind of thing? Yeah. I'm still going to pick that up, and I'm hoping people don't pass by it because of this, because she's such a good character, and this is just such a bad way to use her. <laughs> you know, I I have a feeling that Tot wanting to know what happens after death, that sounds like a concept that Denny O'Neill would come up with. It's not a bad concept. It's not. It's just, you know, it's out of place. Yeah. <laughs> they should have brought it, you know, Rucker should have brought it into the, the series before, or Denny O'Neill. They made him this teddy bear the last... You know, 30 years. <laughs> the nicest guy in the world. Wasn't he, like, living in Nanda Parvet, too? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. He might have been. Yeah, maybe that's where, um, Sage met him. Or Charles Victor's ass, whatever. Mm. It'll be interesting to see if they touch on this at all in, like, the next 
Or if maybe they have already in like whatever uh detective comics backup that happened after this or whenever they finish a story arc or something. Yeah, I haven't I haven't checked out the next Tom detective comics. Yeah. I see. Because you'd think that you know if she still got to live in a lighthouse with Tot, this would come up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would certainly be awkward. I have a feeling like like the way that they end it where like she's gonna go out and she's gonna hunt Vic. Like, I have a feeling that, like, they purposely left it on a cliffhanger, so you're wondering, and it's kind of like a question. Uh, so I don't think they'll ever follow up on it. They should have been, like, the end, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the ending, if you look at the ending, the, this issue was called One More Question. Mm. Yeah. So that would, I, I'd like it if that's how they ended the series. You know, like, totally, but... Still, it would end on a crappy note because this <laughs> issue sucked. Like, if they wanted to leave it on a good cliffhanger, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. God. Didn't you tell me that there was, there was like, one issue uh, in Daniel O'Neill's run where, like, the question... That he eats some bad chicken or something, and he has, a, he has a dream that he's Rorschach, and he just goes around killing people? <laughs> No, he gets drunk, and, um, no, I don't know, no, yeah, he gets, he gets drunk, because uh, he's scared of flying, or something like that, and, uh, <laughs> he, he gets Watchmen, and he's waiting on the airplane, and he falls asleep on the airplane, and, um, then later, he's, like, fighting criminals, and he's, like, imagining what it would be like if Rorschach was doing it, and then, it, it's a really cool reference to the book. <laughs> the Denny O'Neill one was really good, actually. The run of the question. Yeah. It was cool, it, it always had... Like, some issues had, like, supernatural elements to it, so I was hoping this would be better. Looking at the cover now, I'm a little disappointed there were no nunchucks. Yeah, people's on nunchucks every now and then. <laughs> I'm disappointing. He, I'm not disappointed, but, like, he didn't use his ring at all, and they made that a big point that he was, like, shooting at it with it. Yeah. Hmm. I did think that was cool, though, that he just relied on himself. Yeah. And how the hell did Tot get rid of all of his emotions? <laughs> <laughs> I, I could believe that Renee could do it because she meditates constantly. I could sort of believe that. I could buy it. Lady Shiva, maybe because I don't read her. But Todd, ninja, yeah, yeah, ninja, you know. <laughs> but Todd, no way. And he was holding him by the neck. <laughs> well, he he went intangible. It's that simple. Kitty Pride reached through the wall, <laughs> grabbed him out. <laughs> he flew down on a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh well. We're done? I yeah. think I think we're done. Okay. <laughs> um, this was a terrible way to end this. So, Rob, plug something. <laughs> oh, okay. Um check out Not Quite Radio. It's me, Dan, and our friend Jeremy. Just kinda uh BSing around talking about geeky stuff. It's on notquiteradio dot com and iTunes and it's a really good time, so check it out. Yeah. And what the, what the hell else? You're on the comic forum, so people can talk to you there. You're oh, yeah. like the question something something. I'm on the comic forums as the question one one five, but I'm seriously considering changing my name now after that. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> oh. No, uh, I'm gonna be the question one one five for a while. So, uh, check me out there, and I'll see you guys at Super Show. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to. I'll probably interview the Lantern Cast crew. <laughs> <laughs> That should be fun. I'm just going to think of some good questions for Dan. That should be fun. Uh, <laughs> while you ask the questions, we should have, like, 
Jason holding you like <laughs> up like three feet in the air. That'd be awesome. <laughs> what? <laughs> just just Jason holding him like 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 he's about to carry him over like the threshold or whatever. Just like he's just like reaching down the microphone. So how do you like Green Lantern and such? <laughs> I'm really high up. Oh boy. So thanks for having me on and congratulations to Jim on your wedding again. Thanks, thanks Rob. Uh, it was great having you. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Right. Talk to you guys later. So long. Yeah. Pause see you tomorrow. Bye. Yep. Probably. <laughs> later. Okay. Now all we have to do is get through Flash. All right. All right. So we're gonna talk about these things, these three together. This is it's Jeff Johns wrote it. Um, Scott Collins drew it. So all right. By now everybody knows that like the dead are getting up, walking around, trying to kill people. So the rogues, Flash's villains, in particular Captain Cold, Heatwave, Weather Wizard, Trickster, and Mirror Master, they decide, you know what, screw this, we're not going to sit around and wait. We we have lots of dead bad guy associates, we're going to go get them before they go get us. So they do, and at first they're holding their own, it doesn't really go that great for them after a while, but eventually the... The, the Black Lantern rogues get distracted when they see Zoom, the original Zoom, Reverse Flash, who's locked up in jail with a White Lantern emblem hovering above him, as per their, you know, their their uh, emotional spectrum vision dealy. And also in there, we got like this subplot of uh, the second Captain Boomerang totally buying into the whole the whole Black Lantern spiel about, oh, I'm. I don't really want to be doing this. The same thing that Terra tried to sell the Titans. And, or the outside, whatever. <laughs> and he's, he's basically committed to feeding his father as many people as it takes to bring him back to life. And that's, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> While all the rogue stuff is going on over there, the, the Flash family, you know, Barry Allen, Wally West, Bart, they have their own problems going on. At first, Barry's just trying to deal with the Black Lantern version of the Reverse Flash, which we'll get to in a minute. And and this jumps around a little bit to different points in Blackest Night. So, you know, you know, it goes from Barry trying to deal with the Black Lanterns as the regular Flash to Barry trying to deal with the Black Lanterns as the Blue Lantern Flash. You know, he's he's got St. Walker helping him. Wally shows up and is helping him. Bart, being a resurrected hero, succumbs to a Black Ring and becomes a Black Lantern. Until Barry manages to to uh, kind of snap him out of it, and the three flashes then you know they they uh they rally together and they head off to Coast City to to help everyone else and just just finish the fight. So, what are your feelings, Jim? <laughs> how do you, how do you feel? Feel free to turn off your emotions if it's too intense for you. Um. Yeah. I didn't love it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 so heavily, you know, focusing on the rogues and very little on the Flash. And what little is focused on the Flash just seems like, you know, more rehash of everything else that we've been seeing of the Flash in Blackest Night. You know, it just seems very unnecessary. I was actually disappointed because I wanted more rogues. I wanted more rogue stuff. Yeah. Because like the the whole concept that got me looking forward to this one is is like okay, we're going to have the living rogues fighting the dead rogues. Bam. With like with the flashes caught in the middle. 
So I thought that that had the potential to be crazy fun. <laughs> and and they they almost tease you with these awesome scenes. Like I wanted so badly to see more of the Black Lantern Rainbow Raider. You have no idea. <laughs> but we basically got like one panel of him commenting like, "Haha, I can see color now." Yeah. Cuz you know, his spectrum vision and he's he was colorblind, I guess. But uh I don't know, looking at it now, I think I really liked issue 2 as the standout of the three, just because that's when they're in the prison, and you get that whole, the whole deal with uh, Captain Cold versus his dead sister. Yeah. Um, I I imagine he's probably not doing too well after he gets, like, you know, sliced up the chest with an ice blade. Oh, he's wearing a thick parka, come on. Oh. (laughs) With red filling, I guess? Yes, that's where he keeps his jam. (laughs) Okay. Where where would you keep your jam? Um, yeah, I I think you know it, it's interesting because I like the concept of the Blue Lanterns, right? Yes. But the the constant message of hope, it just gets like it gets tedious. The whole like all will be well thing. Yeah, or... yeah. It's like you know I don't have to worry because everything will be well. Everything's gonna be great. The ring keeps telling me that everything's fine. Everything's going to be okay because the ring's telling me. Because hope is big and everything's going to be okay. It's just like, it's it's so, you know, over and over again. Like, you know, hope, 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 hope. Everything's going to be okay over and over again. It's like, come on. It's like, that's the only thought in your head right now? Come on. I did like in, in number three, the caption down there, where, uh, you know, after St. Walker re- reassures him that, like, look, Bart, he's still in there, but the rest of these guys, no, it's just their bodies, you don't have to worry about them. And Barry's internal monologue is, you know, I believe everything St. Walker says. It has nothing to do with the ring he gave me, it's the way he speaks. Every word backed by unshakable faith. Even Hal doubts himself from time to time, but not the Blue Lantern. I thought that was just, that was just like a cool, it makes you think about like what it would be like to be in the presence of St. Walker. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I thought it was interesting how they're battling Firestorm, and, you know, he's trying to, to split them, and he's saying how Jason will see Jen, his, you know, now dead girlfriend, once again. Like, I mean, you know, are they implying that she's going to come back to life, or that he has to wait until he dies? I thought they were implying she'll be back. And, and but like if you're if you're somebody who's like all about hope, all about like having faith that things will turn out okay, you know that is the kind of thing that you probably think, especially with your own history of dying and coming back to life, you know. Yeah, they don't give us a like a what actually happens to Firestorm. Well, that's just because it was a tie-in. Yeah. How do you feel about the way that they got Bart? Out of you know, out of being a Black Lantern, it was all right, I guess. I mean, what was the the explanation? Was what like the speed force connects them all, so when the, you vibrate through him, it kind of takes you onto the plane where he exists inside the Black Lantern or something. I mean, honestly, I've seen them do similar things before. Yeah. So it's like it seemed all right to me. Yeah, I I mean. I think my only issue with it, I guess, is how, for just about all of these 
all these, you know, heroes that got turned into Black Lanterns, like, every single one of them has, like, a, a special out. Like, you know, Wonder Woman, that one I can buy, because, you know, she got the violet ring. She had, you know, the emotion of love, like, so powerful, it actually shone through and destroyed the Black Lantern ring. Okay. And if you don't buy that, there was a goddess helping. So exactly. there you go. Yeah, yeah. That one I totally buy. Then there was uh, Black Lantern Superboy. And, you know, like, little things like he could focus his heat vision, but he, you know, he couldn't take control of anything else. And then, miraculously, like, since there was his other body, they were able to do, like, uh, you know, oh, no, which body do I go to? And get off, you know, the get the, the ring off of his hand and save him that way. Now you have, you know, Bart with the speed force. It just, it just seems like in, in all these tie-ins, there's just like, you know, some little way that's like, oh, yep, there you go. There's his out. There's his out. As opposed to like, obviously Superman is going to not, you know, he's going to be able to get out of becoming a Black Lantern. So how are they going to get Superman out of it? And, you know, it's like, and there are other heroes like that, like Donna Troy. If there's some sort of, like, you know, catch-all that makes them all be free, I would probably rather, like, these individual characters, you know, be saved in that catch-all than, like, have the, each of these individual stories, like, to make it seem like everybody's, you know, getting an out individually. And it seemed totally unnecessary just because, you know, everybody who's coming back is going to come back in, like, Brightest, uh, no, Blackest Night number eight. So it's like, just just leave them, let it be a little hopeless, and just just let it happen there. Yeah, exactly. I really did like the um, like like looking back, they they emphasize this in both the first and last issue, but they really play it up that Captain Cold and Barry Allen are like they're really similar. They're just kind of one is skewed this way and the other is skewed that way. I like it. It like it's like. Like, Captain Cold is basically like Barry Allen if Barry Allen was a criminal who had lost everything. <laughs> okay. Look what Captain Cold does in this in the third issue. Like, the whole deal with, um... All right, they find the second Captain Boomerang who is feeding people to his Black Lantern father. You know, he, he asks them the question, how many people how many people did you throw into that pit with him? Were there any women or children? And there were, and the Captain Cold, like, he's the boss of the rogues, basically, and he enforces, like, he very strictly enforces, like, an ethical code on the rogues, like, you're not allowed to do drugs in this group, you're not allowed to murder any women or children, and when he sees that Captain Boomerang did it, he pushes Captain Boomerang into the pit to get eaten by his dad himself. Well, yeah, because he's a bad guy with a code of ethics. To a degree, he cares about innocent people. He's had enough enough personal tragedy that it set him on this path. Like, um, like did you read? I I don't even remember what book it was in, but there was a Final Crisis thing that had, uh, you know, Captain Cold was in some kind of store, and somebody came in to try and hold it up, and they were gonna kill the guy behind the counter. And Captain Cold just kind of said, you know what, the world's ending. What the hell? Why the hell not? So, and he stopped the robbery. And afterwards, 
you know, he's talking to Mirror Master or somebody and they asked him, so you play the good guy, what did it feel like? And he, his response was, it felt about the same, except no no loot. It's, it's like, like Captain Cold is the kind of guy who he could be a good guy, he's just not motivated to. Um, let's, let's switch, switch gears a little and, uh, and talk about something that I, I'll be honest, I did not even notice until you said it in the recap. This better not be what I'm thinking of. It absolutely is. I, I can't even believe I didn't realize it because I guess because the symbol looks so similar, I I didn't even think about it. Oh God, really? Yeah. Ah. Yes, what I'm referring to is the White Lantern symbol that shows up on Eobard Thorn of Earth. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think he's getting a white ring? Hmm? Hmm? I I have no idea what this means. It's like, it doesn't really make any sense, because there's a Black Lantern of him running around, and he's also alive. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of like what happened to Superboy, you know, he's a Black Lantern, but it turns out there was also a dead body. Now you have, well, I guess it's the reverse, ah, for the reverse Flash. Haha. <laughs> we should probably say, the whole deal with, with Zoom is he becomes a Black Lantern in Blackest Night. When Blackest Night is over, he's presumably going to be resurrected along with a slew of other people to being, like, totally alive. And since he's a time traveler, that's it's, that's his thing, that's always been his thing, he travels back in time to do all of the stuff he does in Flash Rebirth, which comes out before Blackest Night. Well, it's set before Blackest Night, it didn't come out that way. And then he gets arrested before his resurrection kind of thing. So that's how there's two Professor Zooms in this book. So I guess what I'm wondering is... Okay, he he mentioned in the in the rebirth that he gets a resurrection later on, and that's how he's able to travel back in time to Flash Rebirth. So now you have the Black Lantern, Reverse Flash, and you know running around, and also you know because I guess they captured him from Flash Rebirth, as you can see from this comic. Now you have the White Lantern symbol showing up on the the captured Reverse Flash. What I'm what I'm getting at is like okay, he was expecting a resurrection, you know, during this. But if he wasn't here and he, if he wasn't alive, then would he still be getting a resurrection if you had a, a Black Lantern version and a live version in the same plane? I mean, it, you know, it's like. It, I, I guess we we don't really know what happened. They don't really explain what's going on. They leave it very, you know, it's it's open-ended, it's very cryptic. But, like, it, it almost seems to me like they're setting this up for a paradox. Uh, no, 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 no. Like, I don't think the White Lantern emblem hovering above him has anything remotely to do with him coming back from the dead. I think that's setting up future stuff. As far as Zoom's personal timeline goes, like the sequence of events from his perspective is, you know, okay, in in the old days, Barry Allen kills him. Right. Blackest Night happens, he comes back as a Black Lantern. 
Blackest mm-hmm. Night ends. Let's just say Sinestro does a big explosion of white light and it resurrects everybody, including Zoom. Okay. Zoom then travels back in time, because that's what he does, does Flash Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Gets taken down in Flash Rebirth and arrested just in time for Blackest Night to start. Okay. And then from there, like, whatever this white thing means, this white symbol means, is going to be the next story arc with him. It's not going to be related to any of that. I hope, I I, I so hope that you're right on that one. I, I mean, I, I guess I should have enough faith in Jeff Johns that, you know, that'll be with the case. But, like, part of me just, you know, has that little, you know, glimmer of fear that somehow it's going to rely on him being alive in order to, you know, bring him back to life and resurrect him. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the only reason that we have two Zooms at the same time, well, two of the Zoom at the same time, is because he's inherently a time traveler. Like, that's yeah. always been his character, so they, that's why that is. What's interesting to think about is, like, like okay, Sinestro got the white deal going on, and his right. ring said, Destiny Awaits. Like, maybe we should t- be taking that literally. Like, maybe Zoom, or Eobard Thawne, because there's two Zooms, not just here. There's another one. He's cool. Maybe Thawne is meant for something specific. Like, there's something only he can do that he's destined to do, and that's what's going to be coming. (laughs) Uh, I guess that'd be cool. Like, that would definitely help me justify buying uh, the Flash series. Oh, come on. It's gotta be good. It's gotta. <laughs> I want it to be good so bad. <laughs> what do you... What do you think the deal is with, like... I guess he gets frozen? Um, oh, I hated that. Yeah, so he gets frozen as he's biting Flash's hand. It's a very odd scene, but it, he gets frozen and Barry's like oh look very closely you can see a reflection in the ice and it's it's him it's the the alive version is reflected in the this black lantern version that's uh, you know like that's what's got me you know being basically afraid that they are going to do some sort of weird paradox you know oh he's alive and he's also dead so that's what's going to bring him back i took it as like like it's one of those things that you see constantly where it's like, uh, I I almost want to say like, like, did you see Hellboy 2? Yes. You remember like the thing with the, the brother and sister where, you know, you know, if you, if you punch one in the face, the other one will bleed too and feel the pain. Like it's, it's like that where it's like, it's the same person, quote unquote, in two different spots at the same time. So do something to one of them and it affects the other one, which is just awful. But I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um. <laughs> so they killed off the uh, boomerang too. Yeah, I was surprised at that. Me too. Although that kind of goes with your uh, tempest thing from last time, which was your whole deal with like. They they severed his connection so they could focus on the iconic Aquaman family and not, like, the sidekick that grew up and replaced him kind of thing. 
Oh wow! I came up with that. Uh, no, I I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember making that connection. I remember them, you know, say figuring that they would not be able to bring him back after they severed the connection. But yeah, he said when you were talking about like either like look who they're bringing, look at the, who's on the last page of this issue, and how these are all the iconic characters they're bringing back, and they went ahead and they severed this guy's connection. Uh, which, you know, makes sense. I, I would like him back, but it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny in the first issue. I, I, this I thought was clever. They, they, they pulled out the villain Tar Pit, who has no heart. Right. And Captain Boomerang 2 is like, alright, I'm pick, these things are eating hearts, so I'm going to have you watch my back since they can't kill you. Right. <laughs> and then he immediately just ditches them, but. Yeah, it was so cool. Well, yeah, the thing that well, the thing that I thought was odd because I've never even heard of this character. So, I guess you do kind of have to give like a really quick explanation as to why he doesn't have a heart. But the way that he says it, you know, you don't have a heart, right? And he replies, "Haven't had one since I astrally projected myself into this pile of burning asphalt and got stuck." So. You know, that's like, that's like a a textbook case of, you know, dialogue that explains, like, the entire character's history. You know, like, nobody would ever actually say that. That was funny, though. Yeah. It, it's necessary, but it just sounded so odd. One of my favorite parts about this was, like, it had nothing to do with Blackest Night. It was just, like, when the Flash runs to Gorilla City... For some reason, I forget why. <laughs> he sees that cave drawing from uh, Rebirth. Yes. And he, and he just asks himself, why does Gorilla City have an interest in the Speed Force? Because it's like a diagram of how the Speed Force works. Right. And like that's one of the things I want to see them pick up in this series. Like I'm really interested. In... And yeah, I had a thought about that, too. Okay. Like, like, Gorilla City is basically a city full of gorillas that are... As smart as, if not smarter than people, right? Right. Almost like their brains developed or evolved faster. Well, it's almost like instead of their bodies evolving, you know, along the same path that humans did to, you know, first cavemen and then man, and then had, you know, eventually got the brain, you know, that man has, they just stayed as apes and their brains continued to evolve. Yeah, because I was just thinking, like, okay, if Gorilla City knows about something about the Speed Force, maybe it's linked to them somehow, and, like, maybe it got them to develop in the way that they did. Like, it could have accelerated their, their like, mental growth or whatever. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to figure out a way to, like, tap into it so they can have a super fast ape. I hate this new trickster. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know how new he is, even. I think he's been around for a while. What happened to, uh... What was it? The Pied Piper? Wait, no, it was the Pied Piper and... The old trickster, James Jesse. I actually think that might be the one part of Countdown that they choose to recognize. Because, like, (laughs) as I understand it, like, the two of them got, like, handcuffed and thrown in a desert. And the trickster just dies... (laughs) Right. And I don't know where the Piper went, but... Didn't the Pied Piper... Wait a second. 
Are you sure it was the trickster that died? Yeah, yeah, it was trickster. So then the Pied Piper lived, but didn't he take on the role of the trickster? No, like this is not the Pied Piper right here. Well, no, 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 but back in Countdown, didn't he do that? I I didn't finish. I I don't think so. Oh, I can't remember now. But did you read all of Countdown? Yes. Why? Uh, completest. Oh my god. Yeah. See, that's why I don't do that. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, after Countdown, that kind of broke my streak of being a completist. That story was so bad, now I no longer feel like I need to finish stories if they're that bad. Do you think it was kind of random for them to just up and murder a sex offender? <laughs> just, uh, to, just to show us that, you know what, Captain Boomerang's not that bad of a guy. I think that... He probably started out, like, you know, killing people that deserve to die, kind of. And then it just kind of escalated. <laughs> oh, women and children, you got it. Uh, Alright, what about the art? What do you think of the art? Um, I like Scott Collins' art. I think, you know, there are some parts of this that I really did like. There are some parts that were, I don't know, a little off to me, but... I mean, overall, I, I I guess I liked most of it. I liked issue two for the most part. <laughs> and I loved that one panel in issue three where Firestorm is trying to hit them with the road. That, other than that, like, I was really, like, it, it, it's weird. Like, back when Johns and Collins were on The Flash, I really didn't like Scott Collins' art at all. And then... Like, within the last year, looking back on it, I gained this, like, really strong appreciation for it. So when, like, they said, oh, Scott Collins will be drawing this miniseries, I was like, awesome. But it's... Current Scott Collins art looks different to me than his last time on The Flash, which maybe is on purpose, or maybe it's just my eyes being weird. But it's like, I, I don't know, I just don't like it that much this time. Maybe just can't go home again. I I don't know, like, uh, he draws, like, you know, the dark, the dark scenes really well. Like, you know, like, uh, like what he did with Solomon Grundy. Something that's, like, shooting for the horror element, I think he does well. And I can, I can kind of see that he does, like, things at super speed, like, also well. Because just, like, his style is very, I don't know, almost scribbly, which somehow seems to fit, like, a character that moves really fast. Yeah, well, it works with the blur, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but with this, since I, you know, to me, it focused so much on the rogues, you know, it's almost like, well doesn't work as well for the rogues as it does for the Flash or, you know, other, like, dark you know, type topics. I think my favorite, odd that you say it, my favorite uh, art in this thing was issue two, the first scene up until Barry gets his ring. Like, from page one up through Captain Cold getting, you know, getting uh, the jam cut out of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that that actually looks a lot more, like, it, it's it's a lot cleaner than most of his other art. 
I don't know. Jeff Johns' Flash stuff really hasn't been doing that great lately, has it? It's, it's, I don't know what it is. It's not that I dislike it, it's just that I don't love it. And that's, I think, what surprises me, considering how much I love so much other stuff that he's been writing. And, like, I'm hoping, like, because Flash Rebirth finally finished, it took 11 months to get out six issues, but it's finally over. So, I like, I feel like, like, now we can say, okay, that's that, and just get on with the ongoing book, which I, I am looking forward to. You read the final issue, I take it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I read the final issue, and did, did we talk about this before? Uh, about the final issue of Flash Rebirth? No. I, I think I, I remember saying at some point to somebody that I I would wait for Ethan Van Skyver artwork. You know, like the it, it taking eleven months. I don't I don't have any issue with that because you know the whole thing looked beautiful. Oh. Ugh. Yeah. No, I I like that. I like Ethan Van Skyver's artwork a lot. But for me, like it's the story itself that didn't really you know hold up over that that amount of time and. You know, near the end, it just kind of, like, petered out, like, so much. It was just, it, it almost seemed like, okay, you know, we have this this whole big thing, and, oh, now we're done. I would be willing to wait for Ethan Van Skyver's artwork, too, if this was, you know, Ethan Van Skyver circa Green Lantern Rebirth. But, like, he even came out and said, I'm trying to draw differently for this. And the, it was really, really back and forth. Like, the first issue... I had no problems with the art. Like, the second issue, it was, like, kind of, it was pretty weak. And then the third issue, it was back up again. And the fourth issue was half and half. And the fifth issue, it just kept going all over the place. And and I'm not, obviously, like, Van Skyver is, like, the whipping boy for this book when it comes to people talking about the lateness. Like, I do it too, but, but like, it, it just, this definitely was not John's, like you said, this was, I, I'm, I'm not going to dance around. This was a pretty bad book. <laughs> Especially for John's standards. You're talking about Rebirth in general? Yeah, Flash Rebirth, yes. Yeah. Like, it just didn't do any of the things it needed to do. Yeah. I don't know. But that's why, like, that's why I still have... Because, let's face it, if anybody... If any writer in our, of our generation has earned the benefit of the doubt, it's Jeff John. So I'm, I'm willing to put Rebirth and Blackest Night Flash behind me and go into the the ongoing series is about to start with, with like anticipation. Cause like, I want to read the flash. I, I want, if I can read the CSI flash, that would be even awesomer. <laughs> and like it, this is a character and a family characters he really loves. So, and Francis Manipal is an amazing artist. So let's, let's, let's just go. Let's just give me the ongoing. Let's move on from here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be definitely on board for I would say at least at, at the very least the first four issues. Because, Is that because you pre-order? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Since going through DCBS now, I'm gonna be pre-ordering, and I, I'm not gonna know by issue one. But after I read issue two, then I you know would probably be a little bit closer to deciding. You know, I can't believe. What? 
I think back when we were first talking about this, before Black Knight ever started, the tie-in miniseries I thought was going to be the breakout hit, like the must-read, was this one. Because The Flash is like the co-star of Blackest Night, and it's Jeff Johns writing it, and you know his history of The Flash and everything. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Wonder Woman might be interesting, too. And it turned into... The Flash one was kind of okay, but Wonder Woman was like the breakout hit of Blackest Night. <laughs> hands down. Absolutely hands down. So, it just goes to, like, you can't predict, you just you just can't predict some stuff. It's just insane. That's, that's how it worked out. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, I guess we have covered all the books that we need to cover. We'll take a break and come back with uh, whatever else we have to get to? Oh, yes. Okay, we'll be right back. Hi, my name's Mike. Join me and my brother-in-law, Rich, as we discuss DC's comic book, The Flash, on our podcast entitled Flashback. It's located at flashbackpodcast.podbean.com. That's flashbackpodcast.podbean.com. Okay, and we're back, and we should start off with an email, Dan. All right, let's, let's, who we got? Okay, uh, from our forum, Jacob Morer sent us an email. Dear Lanterncast, I have never heard of Air Bunnies before. Take care. What did you pay him? <laughs> I, I, I have nothing to do with this. I have never heard of it, Dan. I think you're crazy. Alright, look, how hard is it to look at, like, oh, like you have your two fingers up and it looks like a rabbit head? Is that so hard? Is that so hard to see? Yeah, it is, actually. Alright, how about this? How about this? When you were a kid, did you ever, like, like, uh, when, I think they, this might not, this might depend on where you went to, like, nursery school or whatever. Okay. But you know the whole, like, the Peter Cottontail story song thing, like, here comes Peter Cottontail hopping down bunny trail, all that crap? Right. You never saw anybody do like like kind of act it out with their hand like that, and they would like have like have the little like bunny head hopping around as the story progresses. I I don't remember that at all. You had such a sad life. <laughs> Not really. My life is awesome. You only think of that because you don't know. You don't know what you hadn't been exposed to. But now I do know. Yeah, and you're fighting it. You're fighting it tooth and nail, so as not to uproot. The foundations of your life. I bet you, before we record again, somebody else is going to email us saying that they've never heard of Air Bunnies. No, now they're now they do it. It'll be directly because they took that as like a cue to do it. I, it won't be because they didn't hear of it. They don't know what you're talking about. That's you're crazy. You're skewing the numbers. You're skewing the numbers. I want to recount. Dan, skew you. Skew you. Skew all this. Crap, I'm taking my air bunnies, I'm going home. Oh, but before you do that, yeah. <laughs> Over the weekend, I found a book, and it's, you know, it's it's a cool book, and I, I posted a picture on Facebook, and it's The Ring of the Nibelung. Yay! Do you know what that is? I, no. Even though you posted on Facebook, you didn't, like... Tell us why we should care about it. 
Okay, the reason is because that is the the opera uh, from which both Lord of the Rings and Green Lantern were both inspired from. Wow. This yeah. was what, what? Was this German? What is this from? Yeah, I believe it's. it was originally written in German. It's, you know, the book is obviously the English translation, written by uh, Robert Wagner in around... 1850-ish, right around there. Took a while for him to write the whole thing. So, so was this like, like how expensive was this? Oh, uh, it's it was the kind of bookstore where you can find really good bargains. So I think I paid like a grand total of six dollars for that. Wow, is it long or? Yeah, it's very long. A lot of words. Print is very small. So you're obviously going to be doing a dramatic reading of it on a future episode, correct? Oh, God, no. Possibly a <laughs> super show? Huh? Huh? No, 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 no. But eventually, if if I read it and I think to myself, like, oh, wow, this is something that we definitely need to uh, at least talk about a little more on the show, then there will definitely be more coverage then. God. I never thought I would see the day where, for my Green Lantern podcast, I would have to sit down and read a German play from, like, 70 years ago. (laughs) A German opera. Oh, that's better. Does that mean we have to, like, (laughs) scream sing it at each other? Yes. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Think about the possibilities, though. You're reading a super show, and in order to get you to stop, people have to make donations. (laughs) Uh, I think that there's also a movie, so that might be easier for you. I'll totally cheat and watch it. <laughs> I figured. It's kind of like how um, in high school, instead of reading Lord of the Flies, I watched that Simpsons episode where they did Lord of the Flies. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's basically the same thing. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess we're all done. We don't have anything else that we have to cover tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we don't have any lingering news from like Valentine's Day or anything. Oh, good. Okay, then I guess we're we're done then. Yeah. Right? Lanterncast.com. Lantern. No, 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 no. <laughs> after, after, way longer than necessary, we finally have a winner to the Aroba Silver Ring contest. Yes, we do. And drum roll. That's the best I can give you for a drum roll. Nice. That's a lot better than I expected. And the winner is... Matthew Guy. Woo! Yes, he goes by MGuy1977 on the forums. He sent in a fantastic entry. Everybody really just, like, knocked our socks off on this contest. The entries were amazing. We had a very, very difficult time picking one, but this is actually a decision that came down to me, Dan, Jason, and oh, we also got Lauren's input on this one. And you know, overall, the you know, the overwhelming decision went to Matthew Guy. And sh- shall I read it off, Dan? Yeah, go for it. Read it. Okay, Matthew's entry goes as such. 
overcoming great rage after the death of my sister, April. She was very special. She had a health problem similar to Down syndrome called Prader-Willi syndrome. It's Down syndrome, but with no willpower over how much to eat. First, growing up, you can't get them to eat to start off with, and after a few years, you can't get them to stop. Members of my family are reduced to being the food police, saying you can have this but not that, all the while helping them with school, playtime, helping them to make new friends, and for her to be considered an equal in society as much as possible, while making sure she doesn't sneak food and overeat. Then, my sister got the chicken pox at age 23. When she was almost finished and had only a few spots on her, she felt very ill. That night, we called our dad to take her to the hospital, but he never showed up like he had promised her. After the funeral, I found out why, because he was whoring it up with a secretary in Montgomery, Alabama. While I am a man that has a mild cerebral palsy on my right hand and right leg, I am a very smart and caring person, but I had a deep rage for my father since that day forward. I was tired of his damn lies, lies to my mom, lies to his family, putting something or someone else above his family, and this time it cost him big. Our family was already divorced before her death, but this made it broken beyond repair. As a person, I tried my best to be the exact opposite of him. If I make a promise, I keep it unless I am ill myself. Never make a promise you don't intend to keep in the first place. Over the years, since March 23, 1996, I try to be a man of promise, even when the world views me as different because I have cerebral palsy. I just want to be loved and be an equal and share that love back to a person that loves me very much for me. On my best day and on my worst day, with my disability put aside to be, in that person's eyes, a whole person worthy of loving. While being reminded of the good times I had with my sister on the days we played Monopoly or Checkers, running around the house or playing basketball together. That is the greatest lesson in life, to give love and receiving it from others in your life. It's like, what do you even say to that? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's... We had, like I said, we had a lot of really great entries, but he he overcame great rage with the power of great love. Yeah, so, you know, Matthew, if... If you haven't all, is, do we have his contact information? Do we have his address yeah, yet? Yeah, we will be getting in contact with him. So, he'll be able to pick out a ring from Aroba Silver, whichever one he wants, and he'll be all set. I had hinted out about something else as far as for everybody that had entered, and I was not able to set that up yet, so I'm going to push it off one more week. And next week, we're actually going to be going through some of the other entries. So I'll, I'll uh, announce that there. As originally, we were going to just just devote this half of the show to a big old discussion about all the entries in general, like our favorites, why we like this, why we like that. But, you know, we've, <laughs> we, we've had some technical issues at the top and the bottom of the show that kind of ate away our time. So that, that'll, that'll have to wait a little more. But, but you know what? It's kind of in keeping with how timely we are with this contest in general, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it works. I'd say so. So congratulations, Matthew. Yes. And thank you to everybody who entered. And uh, next week, 
definitely you'll want to tune in because it's got we got something interesting planned. Okay. All right. Now, now I think we're done. Uh, yes, we are. Okay. If you would like to contact us, you can send us an email at lanterncast at gmail dot com, or we each have our own individual emails, Jim, Dan, or Jason at lanterncast.com. We have a website, lanterncast.com. From there, you can get to our Facebook page or our forum page. And if the forum's down, we also have a temporary forum, just in case if you're feeling the withdrawal, just uh, sign up for an account. It's, it's really quick. You know, it's automatic. You get a confirmation in your email and then you're ready to post. So either one of those, the forum or the backup forum, we are on iTunes, so you can download our episodes there or leave us a review. That would be awesome. And I guess that's it, Dan? Ah, yeah, that's it. Comes a super show. Dan, you think it's, it's interesting that this was our St. Patrick's Day episode and we didn't actually talk about anything green? <laughs> Yeah, like we could write that off and say we did it on purpose just to be, you know, edgy or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talk about green every other week. So for this one where everybody's going to be focusing on green, we focused on blue. We're different. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Super Show, as this airs, there will be about 12 days remaining. So it's not too late to make plans. So Reading, Pennsylvania... March 27th and 28th. Just come have a blast with everybody. It's a nice home-like con, you know? Shut up. Go to Super Show. (laughs) I'll be there. Uh, Go anyway. Go to Super Show anyway. Okay. Uh, Good night. Good night, everybody. Why'd you ever have to hear my voice?